We're going to eat lunch after the service. Everyone, please stay and have a good time of fellowship, and we will not have services this evening. I've entitled the message for this morning, Willing to Do His Will? Question mark. Willing to do his will. I'm going to try to answer two questions from the passage of scripture I just read. How can I know if what I'm hearing is from God and not from man? When I think of me standing up here claiming to be a spokesman for God, it absolutely scares me to death. I'm making that claim. I better be. You know, every preacher, when he gets up, he's claiming to be a spokesman for God. How can I know if what I'm hearing is from him, and am I willing to do his will? Now, if those questions are answered, the Lord's blessed us, hasn't he? How can I know if what I'm hearing is from God, not merely the opinion of some man's view of what the scripture says, and am I personally willing to, to do his will. Verse 16, Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. He is one with his father, And his doctrine is the doctrine of his father. My doctrine, the doctrine of God. Now, I want to warn us, never use the word doctrine in a disparaging way. This is the doctrine of Christ. We have said, I've said, you've said, well, that sounds like dry doctrine. (laughs) The doctrine of Christ is never dry doctrine. I might have a dry heart. You may have a dry heart, but the doctrine of Christ is never dry. It is the doctrine of God. The Lord said, my doctrine shall drop as the rain. Don't you pray that that's what happens this morning, that his doctrine will drop as the rain. Hold your finger there in John 7 and turn to 2 John. 2 John. 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, 2 John. Verse 7. For many, note that word, 
many. For many deceivers, note that word, deceivers. Many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Now that statement, we're going to consider that in a few moments, uh, represents everything we believe. The brilliance of that statement, that so much could be said in that one simple statement. That's what I love about John's writings. Uh, sentences with just a few words and all one syllable can contain an infinite amount of truth. This, the person that does not make this confession, John tells us, is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. Back to John chapter 7. Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine, the doctrine of Christ, is not mine, but his that sent me. Now look at this statement in verse 17. If any man will do his will. If any man is willing, this is his desire, this is his will, to do his will, God's will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh the glory, his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Now, if I do not know, love, and approve of the doctrine, his, doc his doctrine, the reason behind it in me is an unwillingness to do his will. If I don't understand the doctrine, if I don't believe the doctrine, here's why. Because I am unwilling to do his will. That's the reason behind it. Anybody that does not receive the doctrine of Christ, here's why. A sinful unwillingness to do his will. If I leave here this morning not having received and embraced and loved and believed his doctrine, behind it, in me, is an unwillingness to do his will. Am I willing to do his 
will? Have I been made willing in the day of his power? Can I say with Paul, to will is present with me right now? To will is present with me. Am I in this number whosoever will? Let him take the water of life freely. I repeat, am I willing? I hope we're all asking ourselves this question right now. And I hope we're going to understand what it means. Am I willing to do his will? Verse 14. Now about the midst of the feast... The Feast of the Tabernacles, you'll remember his brethren said, go up to the feast, show everybody how miraculous you are and how you can do these things to get a following. And he didn't go. But afterwards, he went up secretly, the scripture says, and then he taught openly in the temple. Now, about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught, and the Jews marveled, saying, how knoweth this man letters, having never learned? He never even went to school. Where did he learn to read? Where did he go to seminary? What credentials does he have? He hadn't gone to any of our seminaries. Why should we even listen to him? Where's he coming up with this? They were listening to him, and they were amazed. Uh, I'm sure they were astonished by his wisdom and authority. I love after the Sermon on the Mount... The scripture says um, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught as one having authority. Not like the scribes. <laughs> now when the Lord spake with authority, that doesn't mean he spake with a big booming voice and you just trembled at the, the, the authority of his voice? No. Everything he said recommended itself of being nothing less than the very word of God. That's what that authority is. Oh, with what authority he spake. He spake the words of God. Verse 16 Here's the Lord's answer to their objection. How knows this man letters? He's never learned. Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine, my doctrine. Now, before we go on with what he says, let's remember that passage of scripture we just read from 2 John chapter 7. The doctrine of Christ is all comprehended by this simple statement. Whosoever confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God, but is of that spirit of Antichrist. Now think about this statement. Whosoever confesseth or confesseth not. First, what I believe and what you believe must be something we publicly confess and identify with. You know why you're here? You identify with this message. 
You're making a confession. This is the message I believe. I'm hanging the hopes of my salvation in what, what's being said right here. Uh, I'm publicly preaching it. I'm not, I'm not staying in the background and saying, well, this is what I believe, uh, but I won't preach it from the pulpit. What a man preaches from the pulpit publicly is what he believes. Confess. Plead guilty. Whoso confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, or who confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Here is what we confess. Number one, we confess he was before he came. We confess he's the eternal son of God. He was before he came. He's God. Jesus Christ is God. Jesus Christ is the creator of the universe. He was before he came. And Jesus Christ came in the flesh. God was manifest in the flesh. When we preach Jesus Christ, when we confess Jesus Christ, we confess he is perfect God, complete God, and perfect man. The God-man. He's just as much man as if he were not God at all. He's just as much God as if he were not man at all. He is the God-man. We preach who he is. He came in the flesh. And he did what he came to do. Now, isn't that everything we believe? The person and work of Christ. Who he is. He came in the flesh, and whatever it was he came to do, he did. He's incapable of failure. He couldn't do something, and it not end up happening. I love it in John chapter 6, verse 38, where he said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. This is the will of him that sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing. <laughs> but raise it up again at the last day. He tells us very clearly, this is the will of him that sent me, that I save the elect. Those the Father gave me. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that seeth the Son, everyone who sees who I am, everyone who sees the Son and believes on him, now, if you see who he is, you know what you're going to do? You will believe. You will. I mean, you'll be forced to. You, you, you can't help it. You'll be, if you ever see who he is, you will believe. And everyone who believes, he's going to raise up at the last day. My doctrine, who I am, what I've accomplished, the person and work of Christ. He was before he came, he came in the flesh, and he did what he came to do. That, the, I hesitate to use, use the word brilliance of that, but it, how all truth is contained in that simple little glorious statement. My doctrine, that's his doctrine, is not mine, but his that sent me. 
Now remember, my doctrine, he is equal to the Father. Look in John chapter 5. Verse 16, this is after he healed that man on the Sabbath day. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. Now, why were they so upset? He is showing no regard for their religion. That's why they were so upset. He shows no regard for their religion. You do these things on the Sabbath day, you're not supposed to work. And I love the way the Lord says, but Jesus answered them, my father worketh hitherto and I work. No works on the Sabbath day, I'm working. And my father's doing the same thing. They had no understanding of what the Sabbath day was in the first place. And he demonstrated an utter disregard for their religion. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because not only had he broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Equal with God. (laughs) It's okay. Um, One time... um, Don Fortner was really, if, you ever, if you're, uh, you're out, you know, if your phone rings in service, and then one time while he was preaching, his phone rang. And uh, he thought, well, you know, I better not be so hard on people when that happens. You know, so, um, true story. Um, he made himself equal with God. My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. My words are his words. His words are my words. My doctrine is his doctrine, the doctrine of God. You know that passage of scripture in John chapter 14, verse 1, where the Lord said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now that word also is translated many times, even so. As in Adam die, all die, even so. In Christ shall all be made alive. It's the same word, even so. You believe in God, even so, believe in me. Do you believe God's all-powerful? Even so, believe in me. I'm all-powerful. Do you believe God is absolutely sovereign? Even so, believe in me. I'm absolutely sovereign. Whatever attribute we speak of God, he has in all of its fullness. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead in a body. My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. And I I love the way he's always bringing out how the Father sent him. That's why I came. The Father sent him. Back to our text, verse 16. My doctrine, they were questioning, where's this man coming up with his doctrine? My doctrine, the doctrine of Christ. It's not mine. This is not some human production. But his that sent me. Now look what he says in verse 17. If any man will do his will. He shall know of the doctrine. 
whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Now, if I hear the doctrine of Christ and I can't get it, I don't understand it, I don't receive it, there's a reason. I am unwilling to do his will. That's the only reason why a man would not receive the doctrine of Christ. Because he's unwilling to do his will. Now somebody's thinking, what do you mean by doing his will? What is meant by that? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. This passage answers that question. Verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many. And note that word, many, will say unto me in that day, that day of judgment, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have we not cast out devils? In thy name have we not done many wonderful works? Notice the quantity, many. Notice the quality, wonderful. They thought they'd done his will. I mean, we preached in your name. We haven't preached in our own name. We preached in your name. We've used your name. We've had works of power that only you've enabled us to do. We can cast out demons. And as far as our works go, they're wonderful. What's this thing about doing your will? We thought we'd done it. Verse 23. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Can you imagine the shock of that? I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now, they thought they'd done his will, but look what he says to them. What is it to do his will? I want to know, am I willing to do his will? What is it to do his will? Well, somebody says it's his will that you keep all the commandments. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. You ought not ever break any of the commandments of God. You ought to keep the Ten Commandments perfectly. But you know what the Lord said at the end of this passage of Scripture to these fellows? He said, did not Moses give you the law? None of you keep it. None of you. None of you keep it. You can go about to kill me is what you're wanting to do. What is this thing of doing his will? Not, okay, someone says, well, I try to keep the commandments. I try to keep the Ten Commandments. And I'm not going to speak against that, but I know this. You haven't kept one once. What is this thing of doing his will? I'm not talking about I know what I ought to do. I'm talking about something you do do. What is this thing of doing his will, willing to do his will? Well, the, these people asked in John chapter 6, 
What must we do that we might work the works of God? That's a good question. What must we do? Do that we might work the works of God. And the Lord gave a very specific answer to that very specific question. This is the work of God. That you believe on him whom he hath sent. That is doing his will. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You look to him alone, nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. What is it to do his will? It's to look to Christ only. To believe on the Son. It's to trust him as all that's needed to make you perfect before God and you know you don't need anything else but him. I can't do that. You're unwilling to do his will then. That's all that would cause that. If you're willing to do his will, you are willing to look to Christ only right now as your salvation. You're willing to do his will. Somebody says, no. Here's the problem. You're unwilling to do his will. What is this thing of doing his will? It's the act of trust. 2 Timothy 1.12, Paul said, I know whom I have believed. I'm persuaded he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. He's talking about the day of judgment. What have you done, Paul? I've committed the entire salvation of my soul in every respect, in every aspect to him. I'm, I'm trusting him only. That's what it is to do his will. It takes willingness to do his will to do his will. And that willingness has to come from God, doesn't it? Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. We don't trust Christ unwillingly. We trust Christ because that's what we want to do. I, we, don't you want to trust Christ alone? Isn't that... To, you know, when Paul said to will is present with me, it's present with me, right? That's what I want to do. I want to look to Christ only. I will know the doctrine that it's of God with, if I will to do his will. And if I will to do his will, I won't be fooled and I won't be deceived. I don't want to be deceived, do you? I don't want to deceive myself. I want to do his will. Now look what he says in verse 18. Now, here's how I can know if what I'm hearing is of God or just some man's opinion or man's thoughts. Here's how we can know whether I'm representing myself or whether God sent me to preach his gospel. He gives us a way we can know. Verse 18. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory. But he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true. 
and no unrighteousness is in him. Now, this is how I can know if what I'm hearing is from God. Who gets the glory? Who gets the glory in your salvation? You know, if I would say that to anybody, I'd say in Lexington, they'd say, well, God does. Everybody would say that. God gets the glory in my salvation. Uh, Isn't that what the Pharisees said? I thank thee, O Father, or I thank thee, God, that I'm not like other men are. He gave God the glory, didn't he? I thank thee, he gave God the glory. But that, we know really he didn't, did he? He said, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. And he talked about the things he did. I uh, fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. I don't commit adultery. I don't, I'm not an extortioner. I'm not unjust. I'm sure not like this miserable publican. Uh, he didn't really thank God. He was thanking himself. As far as that goes, when the Lord said he prayed, he prayed thus with himself. <laughs> he thought he's praying to God, but it didn't get any further than the ceiling. God wasn't hearing this in acceptance. The way you can tell if you really believe that he gets the glory is by the doctrine we believe. If I believe that, for instance, if I believe, listen to me real carefully. If I believe that God loves all men the same. And if I believe that Jesus Christ shed his blood for all men without exception. And he wants to save everybody. And his salvation is offered to everybody. I hear of the free offer of the gospel. God's offering this to you. God's offering you his salvation. But it's up to you as to whether or not you'll accept it or whether you'll reject it. If God loves all men the same, Jesus Christ died for all men the same, God the Holy Spirit calls all men the same, and some of those same men are saved and some are not, who gets the glory in their salvation? He did the same thing for all of them. The difference is what one did that the other did not do. That means man gets the glory in salvation. That's exactly what that means. If my salvation is dependent in any measure to any degree on something I must first do before I can be saved, I get the glory. I get the credit. Now, you can take this in so many different directions. Um, Let's say I believe that my only hope is to be saved by the grace of God and the blood of Christ. But on uh, Judgment Day, I'm going to be rewarded according to my obedience here on earth. And there's higher rewards in heaven. The, the more obedient ones get a higher, I guess, a bigger mansion or maybe drive a bigger car or whatever, you know, something. Uh, and the ones who didn't do as well, they're kind of down, they, they live in some kind of hut or hovel down here. And, and you look at these two people and... What? Who gets the glory there? Well, the one that was more obedient. That's man getting glory. That's that's the bottom line. That's man getting glory. Now, in every aspect of my salvation, if I'm saved, it's because God elected me. Amen? Do you believe that? 
If you're saved, it's because God chose you salvation. Now, who gets the glory in your election? Did he choose you because he foresaw you'd believe or he foresaw you'd be good or you, he foresaw? No! He did it freely as an act of his grace in my redemption. Who gets the glory? Jesus Christ. I get no glory. He didn't redeem me because he saw something in me that I could. No, he did it for his own glory's sake. You know, when I stand in heaven, I'm going to be a trophy of his grace. There isn't anybody that's more dependent upon the grace of God than me. And if you're a believer, you say the same thing about yourself. In my justification, when I stand before God, sinless and without guilt, perfect, righteous, who gets the glory? Jesus Christ gets the glory. It's his righteousness I'm saved by. In my regeneration, who gets the glory? My free will? Of course not. God birthed me into the kingdom of heaven. He willed my salvation of his own will. Begad he us. Through the word of truth and my preservation. The fact that I persevere all the way to the end. Who's that do to? <laughs> Kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. God gets all the glory in my salvation. When I stand before God, who's going to get the glory in my salvation? Jesus Christ the Lord. Who gets the glory? Now, when you're hearing preaching, number one, if I don't receive the doctrine of Christ, it's because I'm unwilling to do his will. It's my fault. It's from a sinful, wicked, willful rebellion toward the truth of God. It's not an intellectual problem. It's, it's not because I'm not smart enough to figure it out. The gospel's simple. Christ is all. In every respect, Christ is all. And if I hear something that gives man any glory in any way, in any respect, it's not of God. Now, if you do something and somebody turns around, let's say at work, you perform something and somebody takes credit for it, isn't that offensive? Isn't that evil? Well, for a man to take credit for what God has done, who gets the glory? Verse 18. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true. And no unrighteousness is in him. Now that's talking about the Lord, first of all. Uh, that's uh, also saying somebody that's actually seeking the glory of Christ in what they're saying. You can believe what that fellow is saying. That's, that's the way you can know whether what you're hearing is of God or of man. Who gets the glory? God does. Christ does. God the Holy Spirit does in every aspect of our salvation. And then the Lord says in verse 19 to these people he's speaking to, Did not Moses give you the law? And yet none of you keep the law. Why go ye about to kill me? The people answered and said, Thou hast a devil. You're demon possessed. Who goes about to kill you? Well, that's all they've been doing. 
May the Lord make me and you willing to do his will. That means to trust Christ only. Are you willing to do that by the grace of God? To look to Christ only. And may we be enabled to see who gets the glory. If in my preaching, I leave you thinking about, oh, I need to be like him. I've preached myself and not the glory of Christ. Am I willing to do his will, look to Christ alone, and who's getting the glory in my salvation? May the Lord impress this in our hearts. Let's pray. Lord, we ask in Christ's name, that name that's above every name, that you would make us willing to do your will and to look to Christ only to be just like the Apostle Paul to commit the entire salvation of our soul to him against that day to where we're looking to him to answer for us. And Lord, will you enable us from our heart to give you the glory in everything and give no glory to men. Lord, we confess that in every aspect of our salvation, you get the glory in everything. Lord, enable us to rejoice in looking to Christ only and enable us to rejoice in you getting the glory in all things. Now, bless this message for our good and for your glory. Lord, as we have this time of fellowship together, we ask that you would bless our time together. Lord, we're so thankful for this assembly. We're so thankful for our friends. We're so thankful for those who love you, love your glory, look to your son only as everything in their salvation. Lord, unite our hearts in the fellowship of your gospel. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Dwayne.